I've been thinking about my favorite Torah portion. You know, the one you say I'm obsessed with? You are quite obsessed with it. We were talking about a certain idol made out of a precious metal. We are! It's the golden calf! Yes! And I'm Seth, and welcome to the Golden Podcast. One story, two friends, infinite understandings. Hey, Seth. Hey, Emmy. I have a question for you. Just one? Okay, probably not just one. You know me, I always have questions. We all have questions. Okay, so the question that I have right now is about the gold. Like, I know that we, we, <laughs> I didn't melt down the gold. I know that, <laughs> Did you? I know that Aaron melts down the gold to make the golden calf. But I'm a little bit confused about why they have so much gold in the first place. Like, it's my understanding that they're leaving Egypt in kind of a hurry. Like, they didn't even let their bread rise. Right. So why, were they just all decked out beforehand? Like, what's going on there? It seems a little... Seems a little strange to me. Yeah, that's a great question. It makes me think like, oh, when we have our Passover Seder, we shouldn't just eat matzah, but we should be wearing lots of jewelry. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wouldn't amazing. that be something? That would be great. No, I yeah. think that's that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe we'll incorporate that into uh, Passover this year. So, well, you're right. I mean, there's the idea that they're leaving right away, and then there's this interesting aspect to the story when you know they're packing up and they're taking their bread bowls and it says the dough you know didn't have time to rise and then it says that they the Israelites then do what Moses told them to do which was to go to the Egyptians and take all their gold and silver and then it says that the Egyptians were disposed to give it to them what does that mean disposed that they're ready. They're ready, willing, and able. So it wasn't like they were still. They were going in, taking the gold and silver from the Egyptians. And it says that God disposed the Egyptians, that they were made, they were put in the right mindset to freely give over their gold and silver, primarily because they were completely freaked out by what was going on around them. Yeah, that seems like a state in which you wouldn't really have a like a mental state where you wouldn't necessarily have a whole lot of options to say, hey, uh, no. Right. I mean, it's like you have... Now, it's it's interesting because it says God disposed them to do that. But does that mean that God put the idea in their mind? Or is it just because of the whole context of what's going on? Because here's this people... I mean, it's interesting because we've talked about the trauma of the Israelites who are leaving and having surviving slavery and now going into the wilderness and all the events that lead up to the building of the golden calf. But now we're thinking about this Egyptian population that also just went through this tremendous thing with the plagues and you know, having their fields and overrun by frogs and locusts and their water turning to blood. And now finally, every firstborn in Egypt dying. Yeah. And this didn't just affect Pharaoh, it affected everybody, even the person just on the street. So I can imagine being in that mindset of like, literally take whatever you want, just leave, just leave, make this stop. Yeah. And that's an interesting place to be in, 
because it's a divorcing from the idea of like the importance of material possessions, right? In favor of safety. And yet the Israelites are using material possessions in order to feel safe mm-hmm. by building this golden calf that mm. they think will help reassure them. Yeah, really interesting. And it's, I think it is important to address like the trauma of the Egyptians and the gold is sort of this thread that brings the Egyptians into the story of the golden calf. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. So that they are represented by the gold. That's the goal. It was the goal of... Letting go. Letting go of release, of wanting to be free of this. And I, I mean, that's the interesting thing. Like, they want... Probably both sides in this story want to be free of each other. Hmm. I mean, the Israelites want to be free, and the Egyptians probably want to be free of the Israelites. And it gets me thinking about that whole idea that when you're in systems of oppression... It affects the oppressor just as much as the person who's oppressed. And I'm admitting that I don't have a whole lot of knowledge base in this, so here's another question. It seems to me that it would be wrong to put the blame on the Egyptian people, these ancient Egyptian people, that actually, right, it's the pharaoh. And, like, like, the pharaoh is the one with the power that is doing the suppressing of the Israelites. And so the Egyptians, these ancient Egyptian folks, are caught in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, yeah. And they are made to experience tons of, I don't know, pain and trauma (laughs) and, like, weird things happening. And, yeah. Because their leadership is not maybe considering their best interest. Totally. But just focused on his own ego or... Who does that sound like? Quest for power. I don't know. I think it sounds like God. (laughs) Yeah, how God behaves later in the story. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting tie back because we've talked about how the egos that drive certain characters in the story. Now taking it back to see how Pharaoh is still in this story Mm -hmm. through the vehicle, the golden calf, through the material that the golden calf was made out of. Mm -hmm. And in the energy and the actions of God and of Moses. I think it's important to think about those power dynamics and how just leaving one place and moving to another place doesn't mean that those dynamics aren't still in play. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's an important distinction just because the outside changing of the guards or, you know, have a new person in power doesn't mean that everything's going to be fixed. Right. Sometimes it can get a lot worse. (laughs) um, And sometimes it can get a little bit better, but if we don't address the underlying dynamics. Because those dynamics, even if they're hurtful or harmful, could still be very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Totally. That seems to be something that's also underlying the building of the golden calf because it was something that was familiar. Even if it represented an aspect of their oppression, it was still something that was familiar to them and that there was a strange sense of comfort in that. There's this really great Thich Nhat Hanh quote, and the quote is, people have a hard time letting go of their suffering. Out of a fear of the unknown, they prefer suffering that is familiar. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's not great. But you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I mean, I, it resonates with me, or I, I feel like I've had that in my life, too. And 
I think that sentiment is present in this story. Mm-hmm. Just repeating those same dynamics over and over because it is comfortable. And sometimes, you know, it might be subconscious that we repeat those dynamics. Right. And they might not even be thinking that they are. Like in Building the Golden Calf, they might think like, oh, we're, we're doing something new. We're moving forward in this way. But it really isn't. It's just a, re- it's a rehashing of what, what came before. And sometimes I'm wondering, like, how can we determine whether or not we are repeating a pattern? Mm-hmm. What are those moments? And perhaps that's what Moses and God are, how they're functioning in the story. They are saying, hey, so you're repeating a pattern. And the whole point of this was to not repeat that. Yeah. Great. Which maybe explains their anger more so. Like, we've invested so much time in you people to get you to a new place. And for you to just fall back into your your hurtful patterns, that's frustrating. Totally. Like, I can understand that frustration. And for the Israelites, it's probably frustrating that, once again, they're under a ruler who is angry and just lashes out. And maybe isn't as understanding as they hoped or needed. So everybody's repeating something here. Yeah. So that's maybe when we talk about what's the challenging aspect of the story or why is it present. It's just a, it's a large reminder of that need to break old patterns and embrace what's new while recognizing how hard that could really be. I think we can end it there. I think that's good. Thank you for listening to the Golden Podcast. Our theme music is Degrowth Part 1 by Tsara. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit us at www.rabbi360.com. Until next time.